Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to the Netflix It's Full podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Hola, soy, and hola, Holmes. Can you say murder mystery? That means someone's dead and we don't know who in English. Say cipher. Because of the weird uh, conspiracy map that Sherlock had. Uh, Tewksbury, no snogging. Tewksbury, no snogging. <laughs> these are great jokes. I want everyone to understand how good these jokes are. Caleb, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing just fine. <sighs> Riveting. Uh, yeah, you had a house I'm guest not... this weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty wiped out, honestly. Uh, I, I had a big old day yesterday. So... Yeah, I drank a lot. Oh, oh, it's one of those. Okay, I was like, why did you have a big day? And that answers it. <sighs> yeah, um, my friend Chelsea from back home came up to visit and uh, we went to. It's like a farm where they do like events and stuff, but mm-hmm. they had like live music and like in New York State, you can just like have weed. Like, it's, yes, it's fully decriminalized here. Um, so like it was, uh, like a weed fest they were having, which like, I'm not, oh, I'm not part of the lifestyle, but like, that's fine for people who are, but you know, I just drank a lot and for a long time drank. So I of course have to ask the question. Uh, were there beers there that were partially brewed with weed? No, thank God, because that sounds <laughs> disgusting. I mean, it does, but you have to imagine somebody tried it at some point. I've heard of, uh, like, marijuana wine or something, and it's supposedly god-awful. I, I mean, I can only imagine it's marijuana wine. Like, what? Yeah. what would even, what's even the process for that? I mean, anything will ferment. True. Really, if you, you know, I have if you put your mind to you milk me. <laughs> uh, and what you really mean is anything will like uh, wet rot. Yeah, because that yeah, is fermenting. Anything that has sugars in it, I guess. Yeah. Vegetables. The, the yeast will eat it. Yeah, that's what I. Uh... There was a guy on YouTube, uh, his name's Brad Leone, he worked for, uh, what the fuck, it was Bone Appetit, which is like that YouTube channel that had like a bunch of culinary people. Bone, bone Ape Tit. Bone Ape Tit. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bon Appetit. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, Burt Reynolds, got funny hat. This is my yeah. Norm MacDonald impression of Norm MacDonald doing Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Turt, Turt Ferguson, it's, uh, it's funny, it's a funny name. 
So, uh, no, he, but he did a lot of stuff with fermenting. And I was like, oh, this is very interesting. So I tried fermenting. Uh, what the fuck? I think it was like garlic and honey. Apparently you can do that. So you can make garlic honey. Uh, my dad walks downstairs at one point because I was in the basement doing this because I didn't want anybody else to have to like, deal with my shit. Uh, and he's like, look, whatever it is that you have concocting in your science project, uh, I need you to throw away because it smells like a fucking pizzeria in my house and I can't have that. <laughs> and I'm like, dad, I shit you not. I was down there five minutes ago. There is no way, none, that it smells like that because it didn't smell like that before when I was down there. I walked down. I was like, oh, it smells like a fucking pizzeria. That was like our that was like our like one big fight as I become an adult is like me arguing with him over the fact that five minutes beforehand, the basement did not smell like a pizzeria. <laughs> of course, I was wrong. So it is with this. Uh, I mean, I'd be fine with it. Smell like a fucking pizzeria. I don't give a shit. A pizza ghost. When's Chris Pratt making that his voice? To shut everybody up. Also, when are they casting Chris Pratt as Geralt in The Witcher? <laughs> That's still just ongoing. him doing his regular voice, just going, yeah. hmm, fuck. <laughs> That's ongoing. Uh, also, apparently, there's a change.org petition with 95,000 uh, signatures saying to bring back Henry Cavill as Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. Good luck with uh, moving past your crushing disappointment. I know somebody. So somebody posted it on the the r slash Netflix subreddit, and uh, of course, my sarcastic response to them was, "Oh no, a change.org petition," and his their response was, "You don't get the point." And I'm just like, "Shut the fuck up! Just just never speak again." Mm-hmm. They made a they made a petition. I'm never going to financially recover from this. Yeah, I know. It, it's amazing. I don't know. Just don't watch the show. Just shut the fuck up. Don't watch the show. Yeah. Tell, tell your friends to not watch the show. Don't make a change.org petition to not watch the show. We we don't need your signature to know how little you care about watching the show. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah. You could just not watch it and not talk about it. That's true. All right. Let's get into the show proper and talk about uh, what we're drinking, or probably in Caleb's case, what he drank yesterday. And what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! So yeah, what did you have anything interesting yesterday? Or today? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not imbibing right now because I could potentially die. I'm just having some cran apple juice. Uh, yesterday, I don't know. I drank a lot of beers. Um, a lot of like. It's like domestic shit. I don't know. And fucking like Bud Light and um, Mick Ultras and shit and like stuff that people were handing me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I think. I, yeah, I had it a few weeks back, maybe a month or so. Like one of my new favorite cocktails is just like a Kentucky mule, but with the Jim Beam Red Stag. Pretty yes. good. Had a couple yeah. of those last night. Nice. What else? Oh, we went to uh, a local cidery. So I had some. Uh, some decent ciders and then one that was very bad. Yikers. Um, like the one it was like uh 
like ginger flavor it was really good ginger's great and and then uh i got like somebody somebody brought me one after and it was like i took a drink and i was like that tastes like uh somebody's sweaty taint tastes like bigfoot's dick <laughs> everybody remember wrong. the classic anchorman Whenever uh, it it smells like uh, whenever fucking uh, Sex Panther goes on, Paul Rudd smells like Bigfoot's dick. And then it's, it's worse. Than the, and then it's worse than the time the raccoon got caught in the copier. <clears throat> good times, good good movie. That movie, yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, as for me, uh, I have vodka tonic because it was the only thing in the house. Well, all right then. I, I still have uh, my fucking handle of Tito's vodka uh, that's just been sitting there for probably three months, uh, probably in a secondary ferment at this point. <laughs> All right, um, let's get into the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, first up, uh, Sandman has been renewed for season two. Everybody calm the fuck down. Yeah, uh, the... The acts of domestic terrorism I was seeing on subreddits uh, people, with people saying, if I don't see the Sandman season two, I'll do blank. Uh, I'll gargle balls or whatever. I don't know. People are weird. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's happening. Uh, apparently, I accurately predicted it because uh, the day before I said, hey, Netflix has used the Sandman in tweets twice in one twice in two days. Uh, and they specifically called it out during their their quarterly earnings call, so that means something's going on. And then uh, several hours later, I was right. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know why people thought it wasn't going to get renewed. I don't know. Netflix is fine. If uh, if it didn't take what wound up being close to three months for from like release to renewal, I think we would have been fine. Like, I, I feel like people wouldn't have, you know, fear mongered, I guess is the best term I have for it so much. Yeah. But I don't know. At the same time, it just, it is what it is. Like, yeah. Until they announce something like, it's not really any point in talking about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think people wanted like a fast renewal. Like one of those, like, oh, it's been three weeks. Uh, let's renew this thing already. It's obviously so popular. And I mean, it hit 300 million hours viewed. That's a lot of hours. So I I see why people were potentially going to get upset. But even still, until something was official, there's no reason working yourself up over it. So, yeah, like, like you said. Just no reason to to worry. Don't even worry about it. Don't even get a second thought. Uh, it's definitely not canceled. Unlike Fate the Winx Saga. That's true. Uh, that got the axe after two seasons. And what's interesting is that uh, it just passed like basically a month on Netflix. And now it is canceled. And looking at the hours viewed, the hours viewed is about 160 million. Which seems decent. And also, apparently, the show is only like six or seven episodes that are about an hour piece. I think. I have to look at this. I didn't actually really look too hard into it because I don't care. 
Uh, I asked Ashley what she thought about it, and she said, I tried watching season two after sort of liking season one, and season two sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two was... Eh, yeah, a little less than six hours. Actually, probably close to like... Close to five hours. It is strange that it got canceled. So there's, uh, I feel like there might be actually something else at play, other than, you know, not great viewership. Because 160 hours... 160 million hours divided by five hours is what? 22? 32. 32. No. 32. <laughs> yes. Uh, hold on. Uh, 160 divided by five. 32. Oh my God. Mental math. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Th- it's 32 million average viewers, like viewing average equ- equivalent. So, like, it seems okay. I don't know. Probably something else at work. Who knows? Uh, more to be discussed if people care to dig into the story. Yeah. Sorry for sen- spending so long on Fate the Wink Saga. Uh, I-, I don't know why I did that. Now let's move over to things we maybe care about in Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! All right. Uh, well, our first trailer this week is Christmas Full of Grace. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, is this a name? GK? GK? Sergio Malheros and Vera Fisher star in the new Brazilian Christmas comedy from Netflix, Christmas Full of Grace. Uh, which premieres November 30th. On Christmas Eve, Carlinos discovers he's been cheated on. In an attempt to keep the situation a secret, he takes a stranger with him to a traditional holiday dinner hosted by his grandmother, the wealthy Lady Sophia. Only it seems as if Grace, the mysterious guest, might be capable of bringing the house down. Carlinos catches his partner cheating, then meets lively Grasa, who poses as his new one so he can save face at a Christmas with his traditional family. It's, I guess, Brazilian, the wrong Missy. Good, Caleb. I'm so proud of you. That is exactly what I said. (laughs) It's the wrong Missy, but Christmas and Brazilian. Yeah. I'm so smart. Oh, I'm so proud of you, buddy. Uh, You you really know your Netflix history by remembering the wrong Missy. Yeah, a movie I've never seen. Uh, that is categorically untrue. <laughs> uh, it's actually true. I think Wait, did that you, did you refuse to watch it when we reviewed the the wrong Missy? No, I think that like the week that that we had that on the schedule, I I was sick or something had something uh, going on, and you and Ashley did the show. Oh, uh, that might be true. Uh, to to which I say you did it on purpose. You were yeah, sick maybe. that day. Yeah. I'm going to be in the hospital that day as I shoot a nail gun into my stomach. If you enjoyed the wrong Missy, maybe you'll enjoy this. She twerks on the dance floor at one point. Yeah. In front of the dude's old relatives. Yeah. Uh, so it's like She-Hulk. Yeah, it's exactly like She-Hulk. It's actually just a parody of She-Hulk. <laughs> Our next trailer is for The Swimmers. From war-torn Syria to the 2016 Rio Olympics, two young sisters embark on a harrowing journey as refugees, putting both their hearts and champion swimming skills to heroic use, based on a true story. Yeah, um, hard to make 
jokes about this because you know the swimmers yeah. so many so many like, right there like come yeah but uh based on a true story uh i think i saw the first like 10 seconds of the trailer where i watched the uh the roof get ripped open by fucking bombs and i just went yeah well that cg looks terrible but my god does that seem awful like you're just in a swimming pool and all of a sudden a fucking bomb gets dropped into the building you're in yeah it's like the lane thing like the floating things i don't know what they're called the thing that separates your lanes when you're swimming like a swim is it a race a swim race yes i don't know but like that's all fucked up so she like you know looks up because she's like bumping into it and sees uh, a bomb falling through the fucking water it's like oh oh no crazy crazy shit uh and it's also the uh, did you ever watch his house I know you were gone that week, but and Nick watched it with me or reviewed it with me. Yeah, but I don't know if you watched it, but I don't think I ever did. Uh, so in his house, they do a uh, they have another sequence where they're cross they're refugees crossing a body of water and they have to swim to safety. I was like, oh, this is very reminiscent of that. That's a yikes. But yeah, uh, looks hmm. harrowing. Uh, probably the best overall trailer of the week, I'd say. Unless uh, somehow uh, you you think that Lady Chatterley's lover is going to do something for you. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, but not yet, because the next trailer we're going to talk about is for Troll. When an explosion in the Norwegian mountains awakens an ancient troll, officials appoint a fearless paleontologist to stop it from wreaking deadly havoc. Uh, that's like sending a driller to stop an asteroid um this fantasy action film stars uh ine marie wilman uh who apparently was in something called war sailor uh it was directed by roar uthog uh tomb raider and the wave it's a badass name it's a big troll yeah and it you know it's basically a kaiju movie, but it's rooted in uh, Norwegian folklore. I, um, Caleb, if this isn't part of the fucking Kong versus uh, Godzilla franchise, I'm going to be very upset. Like, this actually is like the perfect way to introduce something into that universe is release a foreign movie to Netflix. Yeah. Also, um, like they directly reference King Kong in it, so yeah, I think I had to feel like that's because King Kong is public domain and Godzilla is not. I mean, King Kong can't be public domain; they're still making stuff on it, but like I think it's one of those things that's like such a cultural touchstone that like you know what I mean. During the battles, Universal discovered the copyright of the Loveless and novelization had expired without renewal, thus making the King Kong story a public domain one. Huh. Oh, look at that. Okay. So maybe maybe because the the story of the character is public domain, you can reference it. Well, there you go. There it is. Um, This is probably the second most competent one. It's also very interesting, just because, like you said, it is a kaiju movie. So, like... Mm-hmm. This is the Scandinavian kaiju movie. Like, it looks like there's actually a budget behind it. 
So then, but also it looks like kind of generic because it's every other kaiju movie we've ever seen. So it's probably going to be a good time uh, unless it becomes, you know, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, where I want to drive my head through my television screen. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about falling in love at Christmas for the second time this episode. Uh, our next trailer is for The Noel Diary. Cleaning out his childhood home at Christmas, a novelist meets an intriguing young woman searching for her birth mother. Will an old diary unlock their pasts and hearts? Based on the novel by Richard Paul Evans and directed by Charles Shire. Uh, open parentheses, father of the bride, close parentheses, period. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope it turns out that they're half brother and sister after they have sex. We find that. Oh, out my God. Sex. That would be fantastic. And then they're just all right with it because. Well, we've already in, done it. They grew up in West Virginia or something. Yeah. I don't know why West Virginia is always my target, but I think it's just because uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania and it's just like. You know, we we hate everybody from neighboring states. Yep. Like if if I see somebody who has Ohio or New Jersey license plates, like I just get irrationally mad for no reason. It's Ohio. Nobody claims Ohio. We hate Ohio. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't have much to say about this. It's it's probably going to go in the way of like. You know, they just fall in love. Maybe they'll be. Maybe this will be like the Christmas version of um, the fuck was that movie? It was popular in the summertime for some reason. What was that called? Some war movie, not war movie, but like it was the one where we're like, if you're gonna commit to the bit, blow the guy's leg off or something. Oh yeah, this the slightly bruised soldier, Purple Hearts, that she it. had to protect. Yeah, yeah, I think I. Might be Christmas version of Purple Hearts. Who knows? I still haven't watched that movie. So this is the uh, the other end of the spectrum from Christmas Full of Grace. Like that's the the wacky Christmas love movie. This is the serious one. Yeah. It also so, looks like they took a bit of care with the way it's shot. Like it actually looks like it's lit like a real movie as opposed to Christmas with Grace or whatever the fuck that movie's called. Where it's uh, overly lit looks and looks like a cheap comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, it's fine. You weren't. You were loud. All right. Uh, our last love story this week is for uh, the official trailer for Lady Chatterley's Lover. Connie, born into wealth and privilege, finds herself married to a man she no longer loves. When she meets Oliver, the estate's gamekeeper, their secret trysts lead to her sexual awakening. Uh, she faces a decision, follow her heart and return to her husband and endure what society expects of her. Follow her heart or return to her husband and endure what society expects of her. Um, so this is based on, you know, at its time, like the most controversial book ever written. It was like the first, like, Romance book, I guess, mm. kind of like, sure. I don't know. At the time the book came out, it was basically the same level of controversy as like 
any of Kanye West's recent tweets. Boy, we we sure hate Kanye West right now. We hate. I've. I mean, I've always hated Kanye, but uh, it's I've fine. always I've always liked his music. That's the problem. Well, I've liked like his middle, like his middle two thousands work. I know exactly one song that he's done, and you can probably name it. Um, is it uh some dudes in Paris? Nope. Is it stronger? Is it heartless? Is it the one that Daft? Oh, Punk I guess sampled? I know too because I do know stronger, but stronger samples a Daft Punk song. Yes. Nah, I mean, uh, Gold Digger came oh, out. Gold, oh yeah, Gold. I keep we forgetting Gold Digger's his song. Yeah. Which also samples like an old R and B standard. So I know I know the ones that reference better versions of songs. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm fine with rap and and what it does with sampling. I think sampling's interesting. I think sampling in some ways actually requires a bit more talent than just the old yeah. songs. I mean, well, remember when as, we watched the Get Down? Yeah, as somebody who's watched the Get Down, like that's that's the point, you know. Uh, what do you think about Lady Chatterley's Lover? Uh, I think this crayon is the most important part. Uh, no. Um, so it's interesting that this is. So Emma Corinne, who is the lead character in Lady Chatterley's Lover, uh, was the Princess Diana on season four of uh, The Crown. Mm-hmm. So it's. And she got a claim for that role. Like, like she got Emmy nomination. Like she got an Emmy nomination. Like people were like, this woman is going places. So I don't know if she got locked into this early and because like she got like a three picture deal at Netflix or something or like a three project deal at Netflix or something. But the fact that this is her Netflix follow up to the crown and what looks like a just it's supposed to be here to be steamy for the the lonely women kind of crowd thing. Uh, interesting. That's all I have to say is interesting. How interesting is it? It's just interesting. Uh, it's interesting in like the oh, that's interesting. Like, uh, why would you do this? But again, like I said, she probably got roped into it. And when she well, gets I'm roped over into here, this, he roped me into this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So, like, I don't know. I guess it, I don't. I don't know how to feel about this. It's just like. Ugh. I'm never going to watch it. I don't watch these kind of movies like these. These movies aren't for me, so I'm just going to ignore that it exists. And, you know, if it becomes popular, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll give a shit then. It's okay if things aren't for you. Uh. Statistically, most things aren't going to be for you. Uh, That's true. Hey, uh, real quick piece of breaking news for those of you who care about Stranger Things. They revealed the first episode title of Stranger Things Season 5. What is it? It's The Crawl, written by the Duffer Brothers. I think that's the most interesting part, is it's written by the Duffers. The Crawl. Um, So they're going to have to try to get out of a crawl space under a house during a flood, and there's alligators. Have you seen Crawl? I haven't, but I'm aware of Crawl. It's pretty cool. The dog lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the one thing I was... I remember re- like listening to reviews being like, no, 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 
I don't care about any of the human characters. Just tell me this, the dog Uh Just like as I was screaming during uh, our, the viewing of city slickers, does, does the cow com? <laughs> no, but he does have a gun put in his mouth. Yeah, that was fucked up. Uh, we'll talk about city slickers later. After we talk about some quick hits and talk about some other stuff we watched this week. I will begin. I watched Oni colon the Thunder God's Tale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. How was that? Uh, I I enjoyed it. It's um TV miniseries. It's four episodes. Takes about two hours to watch the whole thing. Um, Pretty highly rated, actually. It's an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. In a mystical world of Japanese gods and spirits, a courageous girl strives to follow in her mysterious father's footsteps and find her true powers. So, yeah, the main character, her name is Onari. She's uh, a young girl. She lives in a village full of kami, which are like Japanese spirits. Kami, not, yokai, yeah. um, you know, not all, all manner of, yeah, all manner of things. Um, I don't know. Apparently, like, she's just in everything on Netflix right now. But Anna, Anna Akana does a voice for a character named Anbrella, which is a kami that's just like like one of those paper cocktail umbrellas, basically like an umbrella that looks like that, that has like a single eye and a mouth on it. But it's weird. Sure. Man, if you look into Japanese folklore, there are some wild fucking yokai. Um, I don't know. There's all manner of creatures like the Tanuki, which is like basically like, you know, we would think of it as a raccoon, but like, a tanuki is a very real, real animal. Um, it's kind of like a giant raccoon dog type creature. Uh, but the tanuki's like special ability is like it can turn to stone and stuff. Like it's kind of a shapeshifter power. Uh, you, and then you know what else it can do? Uh, uh, fly if you run and then you know fling your tail around. That's from Mario Three. You can channel it for two and a green and discard it. Uh, so and search yeah, your so library you can find for a basic, basic land. land card. Yeah, put it onto the battlefield tapped and then shuffle. It's good. That's uh, it's a Magic the Gathering card. Yeah. Um, and then like her best friend is uh, a Kappa, which is like basically like a turtle spirit. Like it's uh, like a giant bipedal turtle. Uh, but he has like. The top of his head is like a dish that holds water in it. Um, oh, Ludicolo. Yeah, basically Ludicolo from Pokemon is based on a Kappa, but uh, he has like a little duck that rides around in it. But like. The the gag with that character is like. If if he spills the water out of his dish, like he just passes out, so he'll try to be polite and like bow to people. And like all the water spills out and he just like falls on his face. Uh, which is consistently funny. It's a it's a pretty good gag. Yeah. Um, actually, probably the funniest thing about this show is that they got Craig Robinson to do the voice for uh, Naradon, which is her dad and uh, the titular Thunder God. Uh, it's funny that they got him to do the voice because. 
Narodon doesn't speak. He just goes, nah, nah, nah. So it's like, I am Groot, but on like an even smaller scale. Yeah, like he, he communicates by grunting and pointing. The one thing that really holds this show back is like, it has a really interesting visual aesthetic where it's uh, like the characters kind of look like felt puppets and it's like all stop motion. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that sucks about it is that it has a very low frame rate. Oh, God. Um, like it runs at probably like. 10 to 20 frames per second, which is just way too low. Like it's it's bad. Um, Now, is it? Of course, you remember my big sticking point with Dragonfront season one. Is it is is it like that bad? I I kind of think it's a little bit worse. Oof. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I just really didn't like about the show, like as much as I enjoyed everything else with it, like it was difficult to watch the entire time. But that aside, like the the art style, like the. The writing, the scripts, like the characters and everything like it's it's all very good. Um, Just I don't know. Kind of kind of looks like a flip book, unfortunately. So. If you if you want to watch this show, I would recommend it. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on kind of what the twist is of the show, pop out for like two minutes. Uh, so like the plot of the show revolves around like they're getting ready for the demon moon, uh, which is like when the Oni are supposed to come and um, wipe out the village. So like all the kids are trying to find like what their special. Um, I forget what they're. I forget what it's called, but like each Kami has its own unique ability uh, and they're trying to like unlock that so they can fight off the Oni and try to protect the village. Um, And Onari can't access hers. Uh, So like she ends up crossing over the bridge into like the forest where the Oni are supposed to live uh, and ends up in just like a modern day Japanese city. Oh, so it's the village. Yeah, sort of like it's it's the now times. Uh, So like the show kind of becomes about like. Spirits trying to coexist in like the modern world and. uh, You know, they it's it's interesting, it's a it's a cool plot line. Um, There's another kind of twist to it, but I won't give it away here because I don't know. I think uh, I think this is a show that people should watch. I think it needs to get some attention so that like smaller, interesting projects like this that, um, you know, show things from different cultures actually get like funded and made right. on Netflix. Because, like I said, it's based on uh, you know my somewhat passing familiarity with Japanese folklore like this is it's it's pretty true to the source material so I I know about my Japanese folklore from some anime and then uh two Magic the Gathering sets (laughs) what's the other one original Kamigawa oh which I guess would be a block I don't know yeah 
I didn't know if you really knew anything about that. So I, uh, I've I've seen Reiki and the Kami of the Crescent Moon, and uh, my <laughs> fa- my personal favorite, the Kami of Industry. I w- I just wish my boy was better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's Oni Thunder God's tale. Uh, what did you watch? All right. So, uh, in preparation for this week, I rewatched Enola Holmes. Uh, I remember not liking it, uh, thinking it was actually a bad movie because of, uh, it basically being a glorified door of the Explorer episode. Cause you know, there's one point where, uh, Tewksbury walks in with a fucking basket and he's like, well, how do we get you out of here? And she's like, I don't know, Tewksbury. And then she turns to the camera and asks the audience, what do you think we should do? And I, ju- I, I, I watched that sequence again and I about launched my TV into fucking space. Uh, I was that upset, but it's it's less it's less bad and less pronounced than I thought it was. Uh, I guess I was just overly sensitive about it, but that's that that sequence is still very bad. Like, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. you I, I don't care how much you like the movie. If you think her turning to the camera and saying, what do you think we should do to the audience uh, is a good part of the movie? Uh, you, you have a hole in your head. Please see a doctor. But otherwise, <laughs> it's it's charming. It's actually like a competent movie. Uh, it does get some points off, taken off for the uh, the door, the explorerness. But otherwise, fun time. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I still don't really care for her speaking directly to the camera. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, then I watched like four episodes of uh, Extraordinary Attorney Woo. Uh, finally getting back to this, we have two episodes left. Uh, I don't want to say what happened, but there's a big shift that's happening uh, at, towards the end of the season now uh, where somebody comes down with an illness and it completely changes their personality so much so yeah. they they are vibing with everybody much better. Like It, it actually leads towards a more interesting group dynamic uh, and uh, now that person will seemingly be taking some time away from the show. So... Uh, we'll see. But yeah, uh, still a good show. Watch it if you haven't. Although, based off the numbers, plenty of people are watching the show. Uh, and then finally, I watched more episodes of One Piece. Uh, we're at the Logtown arc, which is not the name I remember the town being. Because uh, it's spelled uh, L-O-G-U-E town. So. Uh, with my cursory knowledge of Japanese and their inability to say the L, uh, I always thought it was Rogue Town. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was <laughs> oh, I, fuck. And I thought it was pronounced Rogue Town in the Four Kids dub, but I could be wrong. But they just keep pronouncing it Log Town, and I'm just like, why, why, uh. It's an interesting arc. Also, there's a character in it who I'm very curious to see how they're going to handle. Uh, just based off of the response to the Matilda musical movie that's coming to Netflix. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil who the character is because uh, it's actually kind of a cool reveal who the character is. Uh, yeah, One Piece is interesting. Uh, we, we have Smoker. Uh, also, I remember in the Four Kids dub... Uh, they had to rename Smoker to Chaser. Uh, 
his entire body is basically strapped with cigars. He's always smoking two cigars at every at every chance he can get. Uh, so, of course, in a dub for kids, uh, you, you have to remove them cigars. Uh, mm-hmm. And now just seeing how like how fucking strapped up this man was with cigars uh, and how much shit Netflix got in for how many how, like how much characters are smoking on television. Uh, I, I just look at it and laugh because I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to have this man fucking chain smoking in a live action adaptation. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, fun. Uh, I, I watch this show basically whenever Ashley's away and I have free reign of the TV. Uh, and it's actually wonderful. Uh, also, I, I have fun by threatening to watch it when she sits down to watch stuff with me. Well, good. But that's it. That's all I watched this week. All right. Uh, Well, on that note, why don't we cut into a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic for the week. Enola Holmes 2. Electric Enola Holmes Aloo. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, the Mike Rula. Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahe Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. Or, if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend, or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now, back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get in our main review topic for the week. Enola Holmes 2. Enola Holmes 2, of course, is the sequel to Enola Holmes 1. Uh, it is a 6.9 nice out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it's an action adventure crime film, uh, pretty much family friendly uh, and good for young boys and girls alike. Uh, now a detective for hire, Enola takes on her first official case to find a missing girl as the sparks of a dangerous conspiracy ignite a mystery that requires the help of friends and Sherlock himself to unravel. Uh, this, of course, stars MBB as the titular Enola Holmes. Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. Um, you got, you know, the the other Holmes brother not present this time. Thank God. Yeah, kind of shoehorned into the last one. Got Helena Bonham Carter back as uh, her mother, Eudoria. Lewis Partridge back as Tewksbury, the little lordling himself. I uh, got, you know, a bunch of other people, too. It's, uh, you know, just. People running all over the place in this one. Yeah. Uh, you said most you said family friendly, mostly uh, the mostly uh, happens with like 20 minutes left where uh, somebody gets uh, fucked up like uh, by a lot, like a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, won't say who or how or or why, but uh, because that's a spoiler. But my God, when that moment happened, I about I, I was just like, what is the rating of this movie? 
Uh, it is PG-13, so it doesn't show uh, the killing, but it shows the dead person. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. Uh, so as for what I think of the movie. It's better than the first one. I'll say that um, there's less talking to the camera. There's no door of the Explorer moment, uh, which I will forever remember. And anybody tells me like again, like I said, anybody tells me differently. That's a good thing. Uh, you're mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, but yeah, there's less of that. There's more of the Millie Bobby Brown charm, like her actually being a, a character, her having agency, uh, her, you know, figuring things out for herself. Like there wasn't so much of like the 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 specter of Mycroft Holmes, who uh, in the last movie might be just the worst fucking character ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, her partnership with Sherlock is fun. You know, there's just a, there's a lot of fun to be had with this, despite the fact that uh, it's a very dark movie uh, for its subject matter. I think in the first one, like I was honestly like it, it bummed me out, but I was kind of just annoyed that Henry Cavill was in it like most of the time. It's <laughs> like fucking use him or don't. You know what I mean? Right. But like, uh, I don't know, but like he's. He's more of an actual character in this and like, I don't know, I liked him in it. Um, yeah, he serves more of as like. A plot device to a degree, because whenever he comes in, like the his big scene is at the end where he comes in, and he talks about like how he solved the entire Tewksbury case. And then Lestrade's like, well, that's great. Glad you solved the mystery. Too bad your sister solved it about three hours ago. Yeah, right. And, and, and like his moment is just like him walking out and giving like a little chuckle to himself, like, damn, my sister <laughs> got me on that one. Like, that's it's a cool moment, don't get me wrong, but like that's that's about the strength of his character in in the entire movie. Otherwise, he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm gonna be super wishy wishy washy on this. I'm gonna be somebody for other people to bounce off of. Like Edith has her big scene talking about like how he's privileged to not have to get into politics like how he has how he's fine with the status quo how it doesn't affect him in any way shape or form so he doesn't Mm -hmm. have to fight so so in this having him be a character instead of a sounding board was pretty great yeah yeah 100 percent uh my new favorite person in all netflix things is david thulis uh he's in this as uh superintendent chalmers no it's uh <laughs> it is superintendent i hope Grail? you're ready for an unforgettable luncheon you say these well, are I'm, steamed uh, even though they're clearly grilled. grilled yeah well i'm from utica and i've never heard the expression steamed hams oh not utica no it's an albany expression i see <laughs> Does, do these Aurora jokes work better for you? At this time of year, in this part of the country, at this time of day, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. It is. Can, Can I, I see, see it? it? No. no. <laughs> well, Seymour, you're an odd fellow, but you steam a good ham. Fucking love that video. Shit will never not be funny to me. No. But yeah, uh, David Thewlis as I, I, it just has him listed as Grail. I think his uh, his police title was superintendent or something. I don't know. Like, 
I, I don't fucking care. But yeah, uh, he's in this movie. Uh, he's a good dickhead. I, I love him as a as a good dickhead. Because uh, mm-hmm. apparently that's all he is in, in Netflix stuff now is after the Sandman, he's in this. Uh, I just want more David Thewlis after his turn as Professor Lupin. Uh, just give me more of this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the uh, the case that she's working on here, it's a uh, it's a missing girl. Uh, she was uh, a match stick girl or match girl or whatever yep. the fuck. Uh, so like, you know. Industrial Revolution era, uh, London, you know, there weren't laws to be like, oh, kids, you know, you have to be a certain age to be employed. So, like, we're not exploiting child labor Um, that didn't exist. So it's like. uh, All these orphan girls that work at a match factory and uh, like one of them goes missing and Enola gets keyed into it and it's trying to find her and finds out about various nefarious goings on. Um, I didn't intend for that to rhyme, but it worked out kind of nice. Uh, I guess the, the kind of twist here is that like, it's based on a true story and yeah. they just make a Sherlock Holmes mystery around it, which is interesting. So that's the thing is, I don't know if this was written in a book. Like, I, I don't know if the, there, cause and old Holmes is based off a book character, and I don't know if this story is based off a written book. I never really read the Anola Holmes books. I just only found out that they existed after uh, hearing about the first movie being in production. Uh-huh. But I'm also too lazy to just use the internet to figure it <laughs> out. But yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, it turns out that because they even put that up like that little disclaimer it's like now they have to put that up in front of everything thanks to the crown being like this is a dramatic retelling the crown we're not telling uh the the trill the true story of diana dying uh please it's dramatic it's all this is a this is a dramatic retelling this is a dramatic retelling for collectors yeah so yeah uh, if interesting interesting story um about the fur, what it wound, what winds up being the first female-led stru- worker strike uh, during the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how much more to talk about this. Like, it's a fun mystery. I mean, don't don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, it's 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 fun. But like talking about the mystery, obviously, dulls the mystery. Now, of course, being the smart man that I am. I figured it out with about like 40 minutes left. So I'm like really <laughs> fucking smart. But, uh, you know, I think the, the overall theme is that women are capable too. So I think that's all I want to leave the, the theme at. Obviously, Enola goes through her shit with, uh, you know, nobody really coming to her for any kind of cases whatsoever because she's uh, young. And, excuse me. Because uh, she's young and a girl, and uh, they only want Sherlock because he's famous, uh, and because, as I think the movie's implying that he's a dude, uh, that's the same thing with the the female workers. Like probably men, if men, if the same the same situation was happening with men, men would probably you know be like fuck this, I'm never doing this. Like you you can't exploit me like this. Yeah, well, like literally at the. 
at the start of the movie when people go into a detective agency they're like is your brother here oh you can't solve my mystery because you're a girl yeah so like yeah like i said the the whole movie's about like the capability of women and society overlooking the capability of women which uh is 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 a good it's a good theme um it's also not heavy-handed that might that might sound bad from a, a guy saying it but it's not one of those things where it's just like constantly clubbing you over the head with it Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's only like it magnifies itself at certain points when it needs to, but otherwise it's you know it's there throughout the entire movie. It's just you have to be paying attention, right? Anything else before we get into potentially spoilers or just finish talking about the movie? Uh, no. All right. Uh, what would you rate it? Uh, pretty good. I'll say three and a half. I will also say three and a half. Like I said, better than the first one. Yeah, I liked it better than the first one. Yeah. All right. Uh, spoilers. So if you don't want to hear about the mystery, here is the time to skip forward to where Here's we talk about your city sign. slippers. Here's your sign to skip to city <laughs> slippers. <laughs> Get her done. Thank Let me you. just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like, no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. So the case, like we said, is all about uh, this conspiracy to, uh, you know, continue hiring young female workers who can't get jobs anywhere else. Uh, and have them exposed to phosphorus, which uh, slowly kills them, and they just keep disguising it as typhus. Yeah, they keep disguising it as Titus from Final Fantasy. Uh, excuse me, it's Titus. <laughs> so it makes me mad because uh, in Monster Hunter, there's uh, a monster that I always called it Tigrex. It's like it's a big like wyvern with tiger stripes. So like tiger, tigrex, you know, uh, and then monster hunter world came out and they had like voice actors in that game. And apparently it's pronounced Tigrex and now everything's bad forever. Yeah. What was it? It's like, Oh, uh, Pid- uh, I used to pronounce the final form of Pidgey as Pidgeot. Uh, turns out it's just Pidget. Pidget. Yep, that, yeah. I don't know. It's Pidgeotto and then Pidget. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just because you make the thing doesn't mean you know anything about it. Yeah, gift guy. Um, so like, it turns out David Thewlis is the hired muscle. Also, this movie features Moriarty. Uh, Moriarty's Moriarty. back. Oh, you peaked like crazy uh, and cut <laughs> off heavily. Um, but yeah, it features Moriarty, which is great. Moriarty. Uh, uh, I half expected the climax to be over a waterfall because, you know, that that thing. Uh, and turns out, no, we didn't get that. But uh, also uh, leading into the women can do anything. Uh, women can also be the villain of the story where Moriarty is the one who's been outsmarting everybody from the entire get go. Yeah. Also. Uh, yeah, Moriarty is. Is a female, so turns the whole thing on its head. Yeah. 
like I said, women are capable and can do anything. Um, Even when she was going on her speech, it was like, oh, I really didn't even think about like the women are capable and can do anything uh, aspect until I was talking about it. It like like bullshitting my way through like, oh, yeah, Moriarty's a woman, too. I guess women can also be evil. What a concept. Yeah. uh, Damn, damn you, evil women. I know. So like that was cool. Um, David Thewlis goes out uh, th- and this is the part I was talking about. David fucking Thewlis goes out in one of the most horrifying images available in my brain where he gets fucking uh, levy like yeah, levered a, a into a hook fuck- up his butt. And yeah. then his uh, neck smashed against a wooden beam and then dropped 30 feet to the ground. And then later on, like the cops are like dragging him away and it's like they're trying to give the plausible deniability that he's alive. But I definitely watched his neck get snapped at the very least. He is paralyzed forever. Which is probably good because if he could still feel his butt, he would not have a good time. Yeah. I really like the during Mor- Moriarty's speech where she she goes, I'm smarter than everybody in this room. And uh, Sherlock and Anola look, look at each other and be like, eh. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. They're, they both share a knowing look and they're like, oh, this bitch. Uh, it's cheeky. Let her, let her just have, let's, let's let her have her monologue. It's fine. No one cares. Uh, also, uh, the main, the other big thing is that uh, Enola and Tewksbury are having their will they, won't they throughout the entire movie. Uh, basically, throughout the first movie, yeah. they, they had a, a won't they. Uh, and this yeah. is just turns waffling. out they will. Turns out they will. Uh, they're nice. They're you know, uh, he's an idiot. She's uh, she can't help but fall in love with him. Uh, they they have a dance and that that was ba- when they danced. I was like, ah, it's happening in this movie. Okay, there's no way it won't happen in this movie where mm-hmm. you don't dance with another character and then not fuck them. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it works, I guess. Not in real life. I can tell you that from having danced with many other women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. Not not too much else to to talk about. Uh, towards the end, Anola gets her own detective agency back. Uh, she's running it out of Edith's uh, shop. Uh, and Henry Cavill's like, "Hey, you can just come work with me." You know. Yeah, you you can take some cases. I'll take some cases. She's like, nah. I'd rather just not live in your shadow. I'd rather just be, you know, my own person. He's like, mm, cool. I accept it. That's a, yeah. that's probably my other like the the cool thing I really like about this movie is that it makes Sherlock a person who's learning and growing, as opposed to the other iterations of Sherlock, who's just like pro- possibly autistic man who just yeah good at solving cases. I don't know. I thought it was funny because like, uh, I don't know. I was watching this with uh, aforementioned house guest. And uh, there's a part where like Henry Cavill Sherlock is is drunk and like, oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, and all is struggling to get him home and like put him to sleep. Uh, and he's like, I don't usually imbibe. And I'm like, yeah, you usually stick to heroin. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, don't you shoot up constantly? (laughs) 
Uh, and then, of course, we have a post-credit scene where uh, Doctor Watson shows up. So Sherlock has a Watson finally, mm-hmm. and uh, I now require a spinoff. I know that's weird to say that I want to see a Sherlock Holmes spinoff from the Enola Holmes movie, considering that we've had yeah, so right. many Sherlock things. But I want to see a uh, Henry Cavill and Doctor Watson, uh, Himesh Patel, Doctor Watson uh, movie series. There's a, I don't, I don't suppose you've ever listened to the Adventure Zone, but like, there's a, it's by the McElroys. They do like a an actual play like RPG podcast, but like they did a special episode once or twice where it was like an RPG that they created where it's mm-hmm. like, uh, everybody plays a different Sherlock Holmes, but one of the Sherlock Holmes is a vampire too. And they have to like solve the mystery by finding random clues from rolling dice, but also like they have to figure out who the vampire is by like, figuring out who has like the oddly specific trait of like being afraid of sunlight or whatever the fuck. I don't right. know. It's a great game. Not liking garlic. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with the movie? No, it's a fine film. Yep. Fine, fun, uh, enjoyable. Watch it with the whole family. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to watch this because uh, like you said, outside of David Thewlis fucking dying, uh, it's a fun family romp. Yeah, 100%. So, all right. Uh, that brings us over to our final segment, uh, which is a patron requested review for City Slickers. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Uh, so City Slickers is a 1991 PG-13 comedy western film. It's a 6.8, almost nice, out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, on the verge of turning 40, an unha- unhappy Manhattan yuppie is roped, aha, tis, into joining his two friends on a cattle drive in the southwest. Uh, stars Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, Bruno Kirby, and Jack Palance. Uh, I assume you've never seen this before. Dan, what did you think of City Slickers? Every time I thought I knew where this movie was going to go, it swerved. I had yeah. no idea what this movie actually was going to be. Because I like Jack Palance shows up in like the first 15 minutes or like the not really the first. It's like the first 15 minutes of them being in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in New Mexico, and I'm like, ah, he's obviously going to be the bad guy. Halfway through the movie, he's becoming friends with Billy Crystal's character, who he seems to have a complete distaste for. And, and like every time, I thought this is the movie. This is the this is what the theme of the movie is. Uh, I was wrong. So uh, turns out I'm not actually smart. I'm just good at guessing how movies work sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this surprised me enough to for me to actually enjoy it and and. Once I found out what it actually was, I uh, really enjoyed that theme of what they were doing. It's a little weird what they do sometimes, but good. It's it's a movie about finding yourself and about how it's not too late to, you know, make yourself happy no yes. matter what else you have in your life. You know, 
like that that kind of shit it's like yeah. uh you know billy crystal is just kind of you know he's in his midlife crisis you might say he's got a just kind of a this feels like he's kind of lost and he he goes out to uh this crazy adventure and ends up being a cowboy and that's how he like resets himself so yeah uh, jack palance is fucking great in this movie jack palance is great yeah i don't know um i was a little disappointed i was hoping that the uh sequel would be on netflix and it's apparently not because i wanted to watch that as well but there's a sequel yeah uh it's called city slickers 2 the search for curly's gold it has Jack Palance come back as Curly's twin brother because spoilers, <laughs> Curly fucking dies in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Cause he ate bacon at every meal. You can't do that. And also Bruno Kirby gets swapped out in favor of John Lovitz, uh, who is Billy Crystal's shithead cousin or something like that. What the fuck was Bruno Kirby doing that he couldn't come back for <laughs> city slickers too, but Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern and Jack Palance could. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, City Slickers 2, like uh, like I said, it's uh, uh, three seemingly unhappy dudes, uh, including one guy who completely ruins his life by fucking Lisa Simpson, uh, <laughs> go, going to New Mexico to, to wrangle We didn't have sex at the store. It was in his car. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Her just showing up to Billy Crystal's house uh, and blurting everything about this affair was yeah. the fucking I'm funniest late. shit. Yeah, no, it's uh, great. Fantastic. And then it turns out she was, uh, you know, <laughs> I took one of the late. pregnancy tests in aisle three. The ones on special. <laughs> it came up blue. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Why is she telling you? Uh, because I'm her boss and <laughs> we have a health plan. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Lisa needs birth control. (laughs) Ah, Christ. Yeah, so they go to New Mexico for... To pay... They go on a paid vacation to work a fucking ranch. Yeah, it's the thing. And, and like, this is an actual business that exists. Like, you can pay to go, like, be... Quote-unquote, be a cowboy as a vacation. But it's like... It's a way for like them to like the ranch owners basically get free unskilled labor and yep. also paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like if I could do if I was a ranch owner and I could do that, you know, every year, you like get like a couple grand like probably about a grand per person at least. Mhm. And what there was like ten people, you know, getting an extra ten grand as well as you know moving cattle, and then you know the the fact that like oh yeah beef prices are so high we're gonna I don't know why I'm doing the Mid Atlantic voice for uh, a bunch of Colorado slash uh, New Mexican ranchers, but oh beef prices are so high now we're gonna get uh, we're gonna sell all these cattle and make sure that we get the top dollar for the the beef prices. Yeah. Yeah. So like the ranch owners essentially got paid on this three times because they get the work for free. They get paid for the people being there and they get paid for the sale of the merchandise. So 
Uh, it's an insane business model and like shocking to find out that it's like actually allowed. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the real question, uh, tying this back to Netflix. How do you think Benedict Cumberbatch's character would feel about this from the power of the dog? Oh, um, like if he was just swapped one for one with Curly, he would have just killed them all on the first night. That's probably true. <laughs> he would have just bullied everybody. He oh, because one of the uh, one of the dudes is the Blob from uh, Billy yeah. Madison. Uh, the revolting Blob. The, oh, the revolt! I, I just thought it was the Blob, but thank you. Yeah, Principal Max Anderson. Oh, I it, he. He kind of looked like Wayne Knight at the start. And I'm like, oh, my God, Wayne Knight put on a lot of weight or had like a lot of weight on before he did Jurassic Park and Seinfeld. Uh, and it was like, oh, no, it's the fucking revolting blob. Ridiculous. Uh, one of my favorite interactions in the entire movie is when uh, Bonnie is getting harassed by Cookie and uh, unnamed uh, sidekick number three. Uh and Billy Crystal rolls over and he's like, hey, leave her alone. And then Curly rolls up and he's like, you're going to fucking leave her alone or I'm going to cut your balls off to the yeah. dude. Uh, and then she's like, hey, thanks. Thanks for backing me up. He's like, I'm married. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. Great. Top tier interaction. Love that shit. Yeah. Daniel Stern oh, no. is like, it's like, you're married? What are you talking about? Yeah, didn't want to lead her on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably my favorite part of the movie is like whenever. Uh, it's like Billy Crystal has this little side adventure with Curly where they're separated from the rest of the group. Um, and uh, like they come to an understanding and then like they get back to everybody and you know, they're asking Billy Crystal how it all went. And he's like, you know, Curly's actually a really interesting guy. I should invite him over here to talk to us. Like, hey, hey, Curly, come here. Curly. Curly? And he walks over to him and he's just sitting there motionless and then it does like a hard cut to a grave. <laughs> <laughs> it was That was pretty good. Uh, felt bad for Curly because like but I mean we, we, he talked about it with his character like he he ran into like a girl at one point and he was like uh yeah she's beautiful beautiful redhead uh and i never talked to her I just rode the other way and it's like because this is the job like this is all i want i just want to be a cowboy uh and so he died doing what he loved sitting on rocks eating a can of beans yeah, i don't know he was a simple man for a simple life, and uh, he was the perfect man for his time and place in the universe. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. He didn't have a sweet life with Zack and Cody because uh, Phil Lewis is also in this movie. He is the, the major <laughs> D for the Sweet Life uh, series. That's true. Boy, if you want to talk about characters who don't do anything, it's the Black family, the uh, the Jessops. The the dad is super cool. The kids, yes. the younger one's kind of a little shit because, uh, you know, they're introducing themselves and they're like, oh, yeah, we have a dental practice. And Billy Crystal's like, oh, you're both Dennis. And uh, he's like, yeah, we're black and Dennis. Let's not make a thing about it. And the dad's like, they're not making a thing. You're making a thing. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. 
But like, I what I mean is like outside of that interaction and maybe one other thing in the movie, uh, before they leave the group to take uh Cookie to a hospital, they don't do anything. Like they they barely serve a fucking purpose. Like the the fucking Shallowitzes, the the guys yeah. who make the ice cream, have a much more profound impact than uh, the father son duo. Yeah, well, and they're like. Oh, Ira can name the correct ice cream flavor to go with any meal. And he just like makes up some shit. And it's like, how the fuck do you know? Like, he's just saying some shit. Like, how do you know that that's right? Because it's right. Billy Crystal correctly calls him on it. He's like, you're fucking shitting me. Oh, Christ. But yeah, like there, there's no sequence like that for the Jessups. Like, I, I understand, like, yes, they're dentists and, you know, can't help anybody who's been shot or injured or anything like that. But like, you know, like give them something to do outside of just being like, hey, look, look at our diversity in this group. We have uh, two black men. How diverse we are. I don't know. Like I said, I like the dad a lot. So, yeah, dad's dope. But like, I want oh, I just wanted more of him. Man, we are uh, we are going to have to find and watch City Slickers 2 at some point. Uh, the only thing that I really remember about it is like towards the beginning where it's introducing the concept of John Lovitz's character to the movie. Like because uh, John Lovitz, Billy Crystal, like moved his family out to uh, like a little um, place in the country so they could keep Norman. Uh, which is the cow that he gets along his adventure. Um, so like John Lovitz drops in and uh, he's like, yeah, I was out there trying to milk your cow. And I could, I was tugging. I was pulling. I was pulling. I was tugging. Nothing. Not a drop. And Billy Crystal's like, Norman is a boy cow. You are pulling on his dick. And he's like, ah, I'm going to just go wash up. Yeah, it's great. Uh yeah, so that's the other big thing is that uh on on their excursion, uh Curly and uh uh, uh Billy Crystal's character, who I can't remember his character name for this second, but Mitch. Uh, Mitch, that's right. Uh so Curly and Mitch uh pull up on one of the cows and they're like, ah, she's just fallen over. Like, what's wrong here? And Curly's like, up, oh, she's having a child. Like she's with she's with calf, and they deliver it. Can you see the head? I see a tail. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Quick, pull it out of her cow vagina. But uh, oh, no. My watch. You don't, be careful. You don't lose your watch. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Billy Crystal becomes covered in uh, fucking cow blood and other disgusting fetal placenta stuff. Uh, and that's why the mother dies is because they didn't feed her the placenta. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so he he names the cow Norman, and we are, we 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 love Norman in this house. Uh, everybody, if you hate Norman, I hate you. Uh, so much so that when they're fjording the river, and the only thing I can think about is where's Norman? Is Norman okay? How are you getting Norman across? Yeah, and uh, the answer is they don't. <laughs> they He's, they get it across very poorly. They have to do a rescue. Of not only Norman, but but Mitch himself. Yeah. Uh, which was harrowing. And uh, we'll pro- 
Well, he finds that one thing, you know, while he's doing that, you know, just that one thing. If you figure out what that is, everything else don't mean shit. Well, what is it? That's what you got to figure out. So, yeah, he, uh, yeah. That's that's a harrowing sequence is is him rescuing Mitch because it's just like there's so many variables that go or rescuing Mitch. I guess they do rescue Mitch, but like him rescuing Norman because then he has to get rescued. And then there's the potential that all of them going go in the river, uh, which I'm going to say this uh, as a guy from a city with three rivers. Uh, if mm-hmm. you are able to have a, a horse walk through the river with no problem, it's not really a river. It's just a, a fast-moving creek. Yeah. So that's my hot take. But yeah, Norman lives, uh, and then all the cattle get are, are going to get sold, so Billy Crystal, in theory, buys Norman and brings him home yeah, to New York City. They kind of imply, because, like, Billy Crystal and his two friends, um, like, managed to complete the cattle drive against all odds because, like, the the trail boss dies. Uh, the cook, you know, has to be taken out for medical attention because he gets drunk and drives his uh, fucking wagon off of a cliff and kills Buttercup and Daisy, the horses. I think those were their names. I can't so, believe like, we just graved the horses. Well, really, the impact drove him into the ground. We just kind of piled some dirt on top of them. Um. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, like these three inexperienced people just have to move the whole herd and, uh, the ranch owner is like, you know, I'm, I'm giving you boys your money back. And, uh, the wife scowls at him. Uh, the wife scowls at him, but I, I had to pause the movie to yell at the screen being like, if, if they don't drive the herd, then you don't have a herd to sell for top meat dollar. Yeah, right. Like, like, you shut the fuck up. But uh, I don't know. I think it's implied because like some of them are like, hey, instead of giving us our money back, like, can we come back and drive the herd back? And that's how you find out that like they're being sold for slaughter and all that. But I think it's implied that in lieu of taking his money back, um, Billy Crystal acquires Norman for the price of admission. So, huh? Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. That's that's the movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. I actually I actually really enjoyed it. Was like, I'm actually surprised how much I enjoyed City Slickers. I thought yeah. it was just gonna be like some dumb comedy. And then it winds up being like a lot deeper than that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a movie I've seen many times. I had it on VHS when I was younger and uh, I like it a lot. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, all right. Uh that's that's gonna about wrap it up for us uh next week we're watching season four of the dragon prince uh it's, it's been finally 3, here. years yeah um and on the back half of that we don't really have anything planned i don't think but uh i was gonna submit to you like um do you feel like watching blade of the 47 ronin because i've been hearing a lot about it so yes it's i believe it's a direct to netflix sequel from universal yes um but yeah and that i guess kind of maybe thematically ties into dragon prince i don't know it's like swords and things oh i was right it was universal look at me 
Oh, it has fucking. Oh, it has Anna Akana. Yes. Uh, it has. Oh, and it's written by uh, former professional wrestler AJ Lee. Oh, look at that. Also, it has the guy from Iron Chef. All right. Let's fucking lock it in. Tell him stuff, Dan. You can find the show at Netflix and Swill.com if you want to stop track for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, if you like what our show does, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. Uh, kick us a few bucks. And if you kick us enough bucks, you can choose uh, a movie for us to watch every quarter, like uh, Jason did uh, with City Slickers. Jason Derulo. <laughs> Could you imagine? I know, right? That'd be crazy. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, which is the intro and outro of our show, and uh, it's cool, and we like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's why we keep using it. Yeah. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb saying, what do you think we should do, audience, as I look directly at you? Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.